some dry bags baby i don't know dry bags strapped to the hull yeah everyone's got a dry bag strapped to the hull everybody does have a dry bag strapped to the we hull went inside any man over 40 years old has a dry bag oh, strapped to the hull. That dry bag what? A confident young man got on a catamaran what you get a butt pimple you get a butt you pimple. get a butt pimple and you get a butt pimple what? but they let they let those tensions boil for a bit didn't they and then they, <laughs> they released do. The sweet release of four nights. <laughs> Fish dicks. What? Your ingredient list is getting an upgrade, Marty's Bassets. So well said. Welcome to 9000. What happened? Didn't we use... Episode. I thought we had a little dingling. Do oh, we have well, new I music? Just, I, no, that's the same one. I just play the end because we haven't... Oh, I missed We it. haven't put in our signature callbacks. Sorry. Yeah. Poor, uh, that was a rookie move right there. I opened the yeah, show right with... out of the gates. You just are <laughs> questioning things. You just got to trust the process, Mark. Yeah. Trust that this is episode 175, Sea Turtle Melancholia. I called it Sad Sea Turtle. That didn't that didn't do it for I'm me. I'm trying to SEO it. I don't believe in SEO. All right. I'll what I do believe edit. in is Sea Turtle Melancholia. Um, we what? are. Where are we? Live from some sort of trade show. Uh, on the island of Hawaii, let's say. No, Kauai. Did they, I don't think there's a single trade show hall on the island. There's of one very small trade show. There's only about twenty people here. Yeah, this is a small trade show. Four. Um, this trade show <clears throat> is all about. Could be Kona coffee, kelp. <laughs> Could be kelp. And how do we get more of it? Here on the island of Kauai, a kelp deficient island in many ways. It's just, it's just but a beautiful place. Parched, parched. It's is it. It's lovely to be back here after both you and I have taken recent family vacations. Couldn't get enough. Had to return. I guess we're going to dive right into this. Where did you? Uh, oh, okay. were you a North Shore or South Shore guy? Uh, we opted out of the rather dry and dusty looking North or South Shore, excuse me, and we were you were Hanalei Bay up north. Further, uh, what would it have been, northwest of Hanalei Bay? Just a little beyond, uh-huh. towards Tunnels Beach. But Hanalei Bay was your town. Hanalei Bay is where we went for shave ice. Yep. <laughs> That's a long line every time I've went yeah. there. You, you kind of end up going to the less fancy-looking shave ice place, JoJo's Shave Ice, I believe. There's the other shave ice that's you hit as you're coming into Did town. Did you go into that little music? I didn't get to go into that little music shop. Was like, oh, and noodle on all their ukes. They were like making ukes and guitars in there. I was like, oh, that'd be no, fun. No, I did bring my uke, my banjolele, the part banjo, part ukulele. You've seen it. You brought that? That's why you own that thing, man. It's tiny. It fits into my uh, carry-on luggage. All right. What I do is I wrap it in a rain jacket. I have a light rain jacket for Stuff island travel. CBD gummies. No, just just the uke. That's the only good vibes I need when I'm on the <laughs> island, brother. Uh, so we were Hanalei Bay. How about you? Where were you? Well, we went in the spring. Let me guess. Princeton. You were on that golf no, course. No, no, <laughs> no. Wait, Princeton is on the way to Hanalei, up north, right? Isn't it Princeton or yeah. Princeville? Princeville, maybe. I know what you mean. No, no. Because 
I think if we'd gone in the summer, we would have done what you did. Yeah. Are these lights flickering for a reason? Is the gorg? Is the gorg? <laughs> um, we went in the spring, where the north is much rainier, so we stayed south. We ah. ventured north one day, one or two days. What what town were you close to? I mean, you're near uh, uh, Poipu. Mm. Is that so? When you left, and that's the, where all the resorts are on that southern. So when you leave the, the airport, Marriott and the, did you go south instead of south, north? Correct. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We went down there one day to catch a boat. We boarded a. Oh, yeah, we did a boat. Did you do well. We did a whale watching thing. I don't know if those, those are probably out of season for you. We did see dolphins. We boarded a boat that was a retired Australian uh, na- or Coast Guard boat. It was just the two families and Captain Cam and his trusty sidekick. Tristan. Tony, I think. Hmm. Hilarious guys. Great guys. What was, it? Was, was it just a pleasure cruise? Or was they there- just took us around that side of the island where there are no roads. We got to oh, yeah. see this beach that you can... Uh, he, they wait, said, wait, wait, was this a boat, but off the south? Yeah. Because you could go north, that's the Napali coast. Well, we went from the south and then kind of went up north yeah. around the other side. Uh, Got it. Got it. We saw this amazing uh, beach. Just that, you and them on a boat, or was it a... What? Well, we were like traveling, we were staying people. with another family. No, we, private s- private boat rentals split between two families. Two families? I didn't know you went with another family. We did. Our How friends dare from LA. You? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're keen to travel with you as well. You already had a trip booked to Hawaii. We'd already been. That's Hawaii. true. Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, yes, it was a private boat tour. They took us to this beach that you can you can camp on, but apparently you have to res- make reservations like four years out. Oh, it, it has facilities, but the only way to get there is by a sea kayak. Can you imagine that? You pack up your stuff for a week-long sojourn all in a sea kayak? How would... They, there were some campers. Can you, can you trail something? They us to us. You're in the kayak paddling. Is there... You trailing something? You, you some, can't fit the luggage in. The, you got some dry bags, baby. I don't know. Dry bags strapped to the hull? Yeah, everyone's got a dry bag strapped to the hull. Everybody does have a dry bag strapped to the we hull. We went inside Any man a over 40 years old has a dry bag oh, strapped to the hull. that dry bag. Uh, we, oh, we went into a sea cave. I bet Captain Cam drove us into this sea cave, a big open sea cave where the top had caved in probably oh. hundreds of thousands of years ago, but it was protruding from the center of the cave. We were told... Mary J. Blige filmed a music video on that very rock. Well, you need to YouTube that. We confirmed it later. Oh, okay. On that block, in like these super tall, high-heeled leather boots. <laughs> of course. I mean, it was a feat. Well, wonderful. This sounds and like a lovely trip. And then he backed us into like another sea cave, too. Unfortunately, both ladies on the Uh-oh. excursion got violently seasick. Well, did you... But they held... They did you bonine it or not? No, no preparatory... Did we what? You can take a cease, an over-the-counter no, seasick no, pill. We didn't. We should have. I learned that lesson the hard way, Josh. Yeah. I. No, it's story time. No, I didn't want to hear this. Is from your trip to Kauai. No. Oh. Well, I, yes, it is. We're, no, it, it is. Be. It We're is. Trying to keep a Kauai focus. <laughs> this is a tight show. Live from the Kelp Tomorrow Trade Show here in Expo Kelp Ex- Tomorrow Expo Kelp Tomorrow Expo in Poipu. Poipu. It would absolutely be down in Poipu. They canceled the farmer's market today so that we could be here. Oh, there was a lovely farmer's market where everything was radically overpriced. Yeah, did you get yourself some- It was very bougie. $25 pineapple? There was a bougie little natural food store that like, because we stayed at a 
It wasn't a major resort, but it was a, a very nice resort. On Gen the beach. Jenny, Jenny went all out. On the beach? Uh, it has the world, one, like the world's top-ranked pool, <laughs> which is, it had a huge pool structure, and then the beach was five minutes. Mm. Across, it was across one road. I see. Um, but anyway, so we had a little kitchen, and we did a couple nights of cooking, but we had to go to this natural food store nearby, and it was clear. You don't want to be a tourist. <laughs> you need to go. You need to go further inland, and find a Kroger or whatever. It was very expensive. Um, my story, Josh. Well, Mark, it's a, it's an island. It's, I, there's some isolation. I can't begrudge it. They got to they got to ship everything in. I don't begrudge it. Sounds like you do. <laughs> um, Suck it up. Pay the premium. So we took a little whale watching excursion. This was this was not a private. This was probably twenty people. But we hit the jackpot. I mean, right off, right out of the gate. You got yourself a pot of whales. We saw tails. We saw splashes. We saw bodies. We didn't see a full breach. But it was the last day, the last trip of whale watching season. The guy was like, I'm not confident. Wow. He was beside himself. As he should have been. But I had taken not one, but two doses of Bonine, ah. the over-the-counter anti-seasickness remedy, because back in the day... Ah. A confident young man got on a catamaran through some family situation and, like, just tore it up. You know, a catamaran, one of the bevels is up and, you know, like, speeding oh, and yeah. loved it and didn't get seasick at all. So then when he's in Northern California and gets invited to go, salmon, to go salmon fishing with Joe Wenderoth. Joe Wenderoth. <laughs> Correct. Author of Letters to Wendy's the, Joe Wenderoth? The Joe Wenderoth. Hat tip. Vanguard poet of the... Oh, he's still a Vanguard Early poet. Early was good. Yeah, but he's still a Vanguard He's still an active force. He is an iconoclast. Once a poet, always a poet, Mark. You cannot strip the poetry from the poet. It just can't happen. Joe Winderall said, I'm going salmon fishing and you should come. But again, you rent a boat. There's, a, there's an excursion. San Francisco Bay. I'm like, oh, I can't be too bad. Those are choppy waters, man. I don't, I'm like you. I'm not even thinking about seasickness. You're like, I'm impervious to everything. <laughs> I mean... It, Joe Wenderoth was there. His father-in-law was there. Ooh. Matthew Zapruder, who is a, another... Of the Zapruder film? Not of the film, but of... I think he runs a few publishing outfits. Like, he was a literary figure. He's a liter he is a literary figure. I threw up within five minutes of starting. Ooh. Didn't stop. I'm not going <laughs> to turn around for you either. They're salmon fishing. Nope. Didn't stop. I eventually, you know, started to do the lay down on out on the deck and just close your eyes and pray because if you open them, you're gonna you're gonna barf. Yeah. And then I realized this, I gotta get in. I went into the little inside deck where I think Matthew Zapruder came as well because he had the same problem. And at the end of the trip, what did Joe Wenderoth say to me? He said something to me. I was talking to his father-in-law, and I said something which clearly I, he had just talked about. Oh, okay. And Joe kind of went. He just answered that. And I looked at Joe and I went, sorry, man, I've been throwing up for three hours. <laughs> and he looked crestfallen and apologized. I thought that was Well, nice you got moment. an apology out of Joe Wenderoth there. So there you go. That's my ever since that. So you were, uh, you were you on You buy that the boat. Bonine. You get the Bonine. You take it. But you were ready to show off a bit your sea legs, maybe start some, some chat about Wandering Army. Get some of these public publisher heads like interested in some of this oh, Vanguard right. online activity that you're. Uh, Instead, I'm just throwing up all over. No, I'm just over the edge. But hey, well, hey, they had a great day fishing. 
Yeah. And your puke was like chum. It I attracted think it, so many it salmon. Been, if it wasn't Joe, it was one of his friends. <laughs> That's right. Oh. At the end of the excursion, said, "Hey, man, that looked that was a rough day. Here, take one of mine. Like a twenty-pound salmon. Wow. That I took home, and I mean, you know, they and then couldn't eat because you well, felt like shit. The, the next day, I started to eat it. I'm like, how the hell do I cut this thing up? <laughs> so then you got sick again. Well, that as you was nice. It. That was nice. That's a great story, Mark. There you go. Have you heard that one before? I haven't. It's a news story to the podcast. One of those rare instances where you're the one going <laughs> off on this long, wild, woolly tangent. <laughs> That involves bodily fluids. I'm. That's right. The roles have reversed. It's your terrain. I'm sorry for encroaching. No, encroach away. All right. So, speaking of bodily fluids, so Mark is on the south. South. No, uh, he's not done. We're still in Hawaii. Oh, I thought. Okay. Well, you know. Oh, I was going to tell you why. So you've talked about your whale sighting. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that uh, we did a little snorkeling, a little beaching. Yeah. Well, a lot of eating. We, we stayed in this Airbnb up on stilts, which was cool. Oh, yeah. And it was, I would say, like... But none of this stuff's on the beach there. It's like a little bit off. Like, and then you walk to it, right? Yeah, we were like 500 yards from the beach. Yeah. Cross that little road. I know the road. I got to... Cross well, a time. It's not even the highway. We were off the highway. There is just, no highway. Well, there's Highway 56, I believe, that kind of turns into the winding road that you have to, like, learn because the bridge we, etiquette. We went past... We, Past Hanalei Bay uh -huh. <laughs> into a park, Ooh. which I think is the end of the road. You can't You're, go any further. Yeah, that's the yeah. We were between Hanalei and that park. Okay, we got in that park. We bought a day pass and did a big hike out of there. Which, yeah, you hiked up that trail. Did you hike to that secret beach? The secret beach. Secret beach. It was the most brutal hike I think I've done because sopping wet. It wasn't raining, but it was, it was sopping wet, and, and it was slippery. just slick mud. Oh, it feels good. Yeah, Harper was like almost in tears because she like had on her Converse and was like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, oh. she persevered. We got to the secret beach. You guys didn't pack appropriate footwear for this trip. I mean, I That's did. That's not a brush move. I did. What are you? You were hiking it in those flip flops you have on right now. I it, bet. No, I had on shoes, but people were like slipping and falling with great regularity in front of us. <laughs> oh wow. It was very treacherous. It was muddy and slick when we did it, but maybe not that bad. It was pretty bad. It was like a long hike. It was like seven miles round trip. It was a big it was hike. No joke. It was a big hike. Uh, so yeah, you t that road that you took to get there. We, we did the same hike. Look at that. Here we are sitting in this basement and just weeks basement. ago. Excuse me. Excuse we are live at, <laughs> right. at Kelp tomorrow. Oh my Expo. God. I, I, let me rephrase. Maybe, yeah, let's you and I do that hike again tomorrow just as to reminisce. Yeah, I think we should experience that okay. hike together. Uh, anyway, I could walk to the beach. You got to get great snorkeling beach that we could walk to. I mean, the you couldn't the wave crests were like a hundred yards out. They, it was so it was so oh, much reef lovely. action. So we got down in the water. We were snorkeling around. Love some reef action. Well, the melancholy. Did the families get along well together? Were you in one house? Yeah, yeah, we were fine. Good. We had like separate wings ends of the house. They had like. They have a younger child, and they had, so they had the master suite area. Oh, get that. Yeah, get away from that. And then we were on the other side. We had two big bedrooms, two bathrooms, and then a shared communal kitchen. And Lovely. a huge wraparound deck. Did I mention that it was up on stilts? Yes, you did. Because that was exciting. <laughs> Go out there for a snork, and uh, the melancholy sets in because as you're going around, you can see a lot of beautiful pieces of coral and all these fish feeding on them and scurrying around. But then you, what you see a lot more of is dead coral oh and just there's dead coral all up on the beach and so 
Mm-hmm. It's exciting. You see things. I'm kind of uh, flipping through a trench. Yes, And I, I, I come up out of the water to see where everyone else is. Oh, no. Everyone's scattered, doing their own snork. This is the moment. This is what he's going to remember. I come back in, look down into the trench where I've been standing. Oh. I am closer than we are. I am like two feet away from a huge sea turtle. Oh. A huge sea turtle. Oh, this is a nice story. I thought you were going to... He's probably like eight feet across or something. He's huge. <laughs> big, big sea turtle. First thought, oh, fuck, is this thing dead? Because <laughs> I'm standing really close to it, and it's just laying there. Oh. And so I start to get sad. I'm like, did I just find a dead turtle? Because that is not the omen I'm looking for on this trip, right? But then it kind of slowly turns its head, opens its huge eye. Their eyes are like <laughs> twice the size of a human eye. Wow. And there we're just locked. I'm just looking at this sea turtle. <sighs> communing. Communing. You're moving from the micro to the macro. Micro to the macro, just trying to somehow effuse uh, Mia culpa. Like, I am so sorry that my kind is so stupid and disgusting and is ruining this ocean and has killed all this Is it coral. getting that? Is it, is it soaking it in? I think the download is happening. Yeah. And then I start to get wary. And then I'm like, what am I doing? I should wave some, maybe this guy's going to stay here. I should wave my fellow snorkers over to have a look. And I come up and I look for everyone and I'm kind of waving. And then I go back under. Gone. 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 Not a trace of it. Like, Ap- swam away so quickly. Did it even exist? Oh, I'm pretty sure it existed. I mean, we had a moment, but then from Maybe that... Maybe it was a visitation. From that moment on throughout the rest of the trip, I, I was plagued with melancholia. I sea turtle melancholia. I, I was sad. Like, this this island is so beautiful, so majestic, so lush, so green. There you are fucking it up. But And then taking that, if I can go back to my trip with Captain Cam, Tony <laughs> is pointing out all these spots along this high cliff where there used to be waterfalls, right? And he's like, but they're all gone because the sugar plantations in like the late 1800s, early 1900s diverted all the water to grow the dumbest fucking crop. Sugar. (laughs) The crop that's like destroying everyone's health and probably turning a slothful in the first place is the thing that like fucked up all the majesty there. Not that it's all gone, but you you hear something like that, it's hard to rebound. And then you see the sea turtle you try to apologize, and then but you you love the snork. You go back out, and then you're just it's all dying. And then we snorked off the boat too, and we saw some cool fish. But Cam told us, you know, ten ten years from now, this might all be gone. I hope you were wearing sunscreen, reef safe sunscreen. There you go. Don't you can't catch me on that one. <laughs> I'm a friend to the reef. Good. <sighs> all right. I don't know. Do you have any more Kauai <laughs> no, stories? I think- I think we've covered Kauai. It is a lovely place. Everybody come visit. A lot of people do. Let me let me throw this at you, though. You know, you're a, a wordsmith. You love wordplay. I had been here once before. Well, I obviously was here just a few weeks ago, but years ago... Years ago. ...with a high school friend who invited me... To Kauai? It was like his high school graduation gift that his parents... Got because his dad, as I recall, was a high stakes gambler in Atlantic City and got all kinds of perks. Wow! <laughs> so, got like a timeshare so, in Kauai. So he's like, we got this fancy deal. And I, I, my memory is that we had it was him and me, me and him, him and I, bottle flipping on the beach. I and him, we had a very spacious standalone bungalow. Wow! Yeah, like a hundred feet from the beach, two. 
king-size beds in this room. His parents were somewhere else. Wow. But uh, it was... It's a, oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. I'll be quiet. We... um. But it must have been a resort. It must have been like the Marriott up near Princeville or whatever. Because we had, we would meet for breakfast every morning and I would just gorge on these fruit plates. Oh, fresh And felt fruits. so healthy. Fresh fruit. I bet you were nice and clean too. I, I bet felt you were... all cleaned out. I remember I got a giant pimple though. All that sunscreen clogged a pore. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. One of the one that kind of really hurt. Oh, a painful pimple. Every time like I like wrinkled my brow or something. I was like, ow! Oh, crap. I don't know if you want to guess. So right. I didn't go out to the dance clubs as much as he did. <laughs> I had a painful pimple on this trip myself. Where was it? It was like... Face or somewhere else on the body? It was like I couldn't wear my short shorts because it was like right on the, oh. the, the, the under crease, like where my butt and thigh meet. <laughs> I had a real juicy pimple. One of those ones that like hurts the graze. <laughs> And you're tempted to pop it, but you can't get a good line on it. You can't see it. It's back there. You'd have to bring in your wife for that one. You don't have a comfortable mirror to squat over. (laughs) A real conundrum. Yeah, that's too bad, man. Uh, But we're old enough now to overcome that. Yeah, I mean, as you can tell in the way I share that detail, Mark, there's no shame in my game. I don't care. Everyone everyone gets butt pimples. (laughs) You get a butt pimple. You get a butt pimple. You get a butt pimple. And you get a butt pimple. I will. (laughs) I've brought you here to Kelp Tomorrow Expo 2022 in Poupee. To lance one of your butt pimples? Because I need (laughs) you to lance my butt pimple. (laughs) And then if you could bandage it with kelp, I hear that that's really good. Oh, I bet that's soothing. It's a good uh, antiseptic. You know, and you'll hear tomorrow if if, uh, we can't wait to see the whole families together tomorrow. The, Mm. The, um, I think it's probably one of the top memories that my kids have of you. Of me? Is if not, of you not even being present. Oh, God. Me but saying you, something wildly inappropriate <laughs> while you're on a car ride listening to this podcast? <laughs> I, well, close. I think we were just in the house. Oh, okay. It was playing in the kitchen or something. And it's it was one of the, if I, I think there probably have been multiple at this point, some sort of deep crevice... Oh, right. Uh, lotion. Uh, my butt, my deep butt itch. Yeah, the deep butt itch. So, I had a par for the course. If I had to pick where this lanceable pimple was going to show up, it would be there. It was close. <laughs> close, close. Yep. Very close. Too uh, close. Yeah, that's why I guess the kids don't ask, but Jenny always asks about my butt crack. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> and I appreciate it's a memorable it. thing. It's I got to tell you, man, going back and forth between Kauai and Denver, <laughs> my butt cracks a little raw right now. <laughs> that's not a comfortable. It's, it's too <sighs> precipitous a change between humid and not at all humid. Look, I will, in the spirit of the spirit of this great show that we're so fortunate to have, um, I, I will share that I don't think. Wait, are you going to share a, I don't think some I, details about your butt crack? I don't, I don't think I ever would have noticed, but it is absolutely true that there... I don't think it's the same as you're experiencing, because I haven't taken nearly the steps to remedy it, but there is a seasonal shift that happens in the spring and fall where there might be a little bit of an itch that's unusual. So, 
If mine was a little bit deeper, I can only imagine. Imagine you've got a, a bubble like this one. You've got cakes like mine. Oh, Josh, speaking of. Are we getting into a story? Kim Kardashian's new job. You see the link? The jump? Oh, bubble butt. There you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I bet you, you know, she's a lady that's all about glamour. Mm-hmm. There is one part of her existence that I <laughs> guarantee you is very unglamorous. The deep butt itch. controlling the deep butt itch. <laughs> Pete Davidson has probably always got some sort of ointment on his hands. Because <laughs> she makes him do it. Because he wants to do it. He seems like he a good probably par- does. He's like a good partner in that He probably way. does. As soon as he stops wanting to do it, that relationship's over. That's a harbinger right there. <laughs> Folks, we've got another flop on our hands, according to High Snobiety. Oh, uh, they're, well, you know, they're critical. Gwyneth Paltrow's diaper stunt? What was that? I don't know. Why don't... do the lights keep flickering? It's, we're on an island. I don't know. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's probably related to some sort of AC situation. I got it. Let's see. Flop of the week. Goop's $120 diaper prank. The actor in recent years neglected her career dispensed bad health advice through her wellness company. Goop pulled a prank. It didn't go well. On Instagram, they announced the launch of a very goopy and new product, the Diaper, an alpaca wool-lined pull-up for babies to poop and pee in, priced at $120 for a pack of 12. Oh, tone deaf, huh? Features fastenings made of amber gemstones for their emotional cleansing properties, and jasmine bergamot scent for a revitalized baby. But they were making fun of themselves. It sounds like it, so what was the backlash? That it's not funny coming from them or something? I don't know. There's Gwyneth holding it. The entire thing is a PR stunt to draw attention to the diaper tax, a totally ridiculous charge that families in need, that hit need them the hardest. They were donating... The post urges followers to donate to Baby to Baby, a nonprofit. To be clear, Baby to Baby does important work. Does important work. It's great. Are Still, these nice Nabiety's words? Or yes. Are you reading yeah, it? I'm skimming the article. Still, the prank flops when you consider Goop's history of spewing misinformation. Wait, so you've jumped from one article to I another? I got. I already. Yeah, I got internet. Going deep in the HS content feed. I like it. <laughs> the fundamental reality: the Goop releasing a luxury diaper sounds pretty darn realistic. Okay, that's their problem. Since they sell a $2,000 heated gemstone mat, a $1,249 dildo. Probably works. <laughs> and a $170 yoga mat infused with Ayurvedic herbs and botanicals. Uh, Paltrow really thought she was onto something with the diaper. And for that, I expressed my... Con- okay, they're just being a little snarky there, I think. Mm-hmm. But jumping to the, the latest flop, much more recent... Uh, we have Kim Kardashian. She got a new job, Josh. She's They're, a spokesperson for another lifestyle brand. The reality star, sh- the reality TV star, shapewear designer, and beauty mogul now boasts the title Chief Taste Consultant at Beyond Meat. There you go. America's leading purveyor of vegan beef, pork, and chicken. I believe in the mission. I've helped to stay in. I've helped. I've stepped in to help with my greatest asset, my taste. Uh, fine, right? Nope. Well, they're conflating the definitions of taste. There is. But. Yeah, now I'm getting to the take. Oh, hot take. Hot take. Fine, right? Nope. The internet is spiraling over the fact that Kim was just pretending to eat her faux beef burger, evidenced by the lack of a bite mark taken out of the patty in this little video that they announced it. Right. 
Maybe she got. Maybe she shot the commercial during her pre-Met Gala starvation era. That's snarky. <laughs> it was pretty snarky. They're known for their snark. They are snobs, after all. Uh, you really could not find someone more believable and relatable. One detractor commented on Beyond Meat's Instagram. She didn't even take a bite of the burger. Yeah, it's pretty weak. All right. But again. That's a hot take. But this is the world we live in where that qualifies as, I guess, maybe not real news, but, you know, street culture news. What's going on, man? I'm still a Beyond Meat fan. I was talking to an insider. I'm eating Beyond Meat. Yeah, I was talking to an insider. Well, their stock has tanked, which I know since the Kim Kardashian personal reasons. You own their stock. I I I think I have a little bit of beyond. uh, Maybe I don't. I don't remember. It's down pretty good, but um, that's okay. Because if you're an insider, you know that there is no, there has been no hotter segment than the alt proteins market. Nothing hotter. You want to fake something up, pick a meat, pick a protein, do it with plants. That's just step one. Pick a meat, pick a protein, then pick... 13 flavor profiles to infuse them with. Absolutely. Load up the SKUs. Instead of just selling a plain meat thing that's flexible and you go too big, there you go. it all this. falls apart. Look I don't know. This. That's probably not the case with Beyond Meat because they, they have a rather modest I think skew it's rather modest. Menagerie. I think they're trying to replace, every, you know, like the breakfast link and the brat and the patty and the ground beef, all that kind of stuff. Different shapes I like, but I don't like when they start having like Moroccan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't, like I want to be in charge of spicing my food. Oh, look at this. I want my spice profile. And yes, it might be Moroccan, <laughs> but it's going to be because I bought all the right spices and hold on, I got to ground them up down. a bit. <laughs> I want my own spice profile that's comma and yes, <laughs> comma it might be <laughs> Moroccan. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you documented that. Uh, anyway, um, give me the different shapes. So the insider take on this textures, is but. way too many brands flooding the space all of a sudden. You fight it all the time. This we, happened in coconut water. There you go. But. Another inside take from a true expert said, you know what? Take all those brands, add them together. It's not even a fraction of what Beyond Meat and Impossible have in this space. Mm. Huge lead. They much more the scale. Give them some time. Give them some time. I'm giving it's, them it's some time. It's just going to be those two duking it out. That's a stock tip for you. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Next up. Oh, no. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. To the buses. Anger and heartbreak on bus number 10. In the Washington Post, writing about the Denver bus scene. The 15 bus, not the 10 bus, isn't it? Sorry, bus number 15. Do you know this bus? Mark, I used to ride this bus all the time. I won't bore you with all my own scummy 15 bus stories, and I don't think we should linger on this article too long. Was that what this is about? Scummy behavior on the 15 bus? It is. Uh, You've got a reporter embedded with a, a single bus driver. Oh. A woman... Oh, God. Oh, my God. Is she Moroccan? No. <laughs> she is from, like... Let me look. Pakistan. Sunya Karabe, uh, a native of Turkey. Turkey. A Turkish woman who's been driving the 15 bus for a really long time. Oh. And it does two things. It chronicles her current daily uh, experiences driving this bus, which include, like... What kind of stuff? Fending off attacks. To her? Or? Yes. People trying to attack her. Oh, people geez. spitting on her. 
Ugh. and saying, here's your COVID. <laughs> like, just dark, weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. And like her having to decide to decide. Where does the 15 bus go? Is that like a that's, Colfax? That or? is your West Colfax bus. Oh, boy. Actually. That's a tough route. That is your, yeah. 16 is East Colfax, I think. Or no, I'm sorry. 16 is West Colfax. 15 goes from like downtown all the way out to Aurora. West Colfax meaning like Colorado to downtown? West Colfax would be downtown out like west. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like Federal, Sheridan. Okay. Beyond. This Got one it. goes downtown east. I used to take this bus a lot when I lived off of Colfax and Valencia. Yes, you did. I would take that bus That's home. the New Age Dad stomping grounds. We made some no, great no, no, albums. No. We never, you've never even been in that house. I lived on, that was 12th and Columbine. Column, damn it. <laughs> 15th and Valencia is like okay. out. Now it's, what's weird is it's really close, close to like the Central Park, whatever neighborhood. Oh. But back then it was nothing. It was desolate. But I would ride that bus. One night I was on that bus. I'd had some drinks and I passed out on that bus. Woke up at the end of the line on that bus, which is like outward. Colfax hits 225. Armed only with my skateboard. There you go. And probably a can of beer in my backpack still. Mm -hmm, Of course. I skateboarded all the way back to Valencia. I mean, that was probably like a 12-mile slog. But fond memories. It's weird. It was like fun in a weird way. Well. Sometimes like something happens, you got to just embrace the discomfort and the insanity of it. Just oh, go yeah. for it, man. But anyway, Especially this, this story, I just encourage anyone listening, head to our Medium page. If you, if you Check wanna, the show, Doc. If you want to read something that's highly indicative of the Another unsung fabric, hero. Fabric of society. Another frontline worker. Yeah. And, and it's really sad because she used to like really enjoy her job and she had a lot of great connections she'd made with regular writers. She felt mm. like a part, uh, like a mm. part of the community, like a useful member of this community, and now it feels like it's all coming apart. And there's, she's is on it, the front lines of like rampant drug addiction. And okay, the so overdose it's, epidemic. Because there's two ways that could go. One could be, um, I don't know, the government interference and problems with actually performing her job. The other is the actual customers have gotten so shitty. And it sounds like its customers are shitty. I think it's probably both. Society is frayed. But she's right there. At, yeah. She's dealing with... Like, there's so many people that are yeah. that were living on the on the edge before who are now yeah. homeless and in a whole different category of feeling despair and helplessness. That's right. And she is right there. I mean, this, she's a very heroic figure. I really enjoyed that article. Oh. But it was also a melancholia article. Well, this one's not going to get any better, Josh. Okay. Coming from you, the infamous and Wired magazine, the infamous 1972 report that warned of civilization's collapse. Oh. uh, The limits of growth argued that rampant pollution and resource extraction were pushing Earth to the brink. How does it hold up 50 years later? Remarkably well. Next. (laughs) Yes. All right. Next. Oh, well, the next is the interlude, but I'll do one more. Okay. Yeah. Because I want to go to a, to a crispy 4G. Ooh, 4G. We have a story contribution from Greg Bagney. Hey, Greg Bagney. Who also gets a shout out and a congrats for... For being Greg Bagney. For being a key 
and long-term team member of the Cliff family. Oh, yeah. Cliff Barr. He's like the... Via their venture arm, White Road Investments. And they should almost make the C in Cliff into a G just for a day. Just for a day. <laughs> just for a day. Just for a day. Whether you love it or hate it, Cliff has sold uh, to Mandalay, Mandalay Bay. I think you mean Glyph has sold. Glyph. To Mandalay's <laughs> yes. keeper of the Basset Hound chocolate confection. What was that thing called? Yeah. The Mar- Marty's Bassets. Marty's <laughs> Bassets. Something like that. I, I think from now on, Mandalay... Home to the famous, home to the world. No, we have dead people. Not to be confused with Mandalay Bay. Yeah, Mandalay's. Mandalay's. Uh, parent, parent to Marty's Bassett's confections. Yep. And that just, uh, the, why that's funny for people who don't know is that it diminishes the fact that they happen to own hundreds of other giant brands like Oreo. What that, that, hey, we could be being insensitive. Maybe that's a giant. Favorite love brand in the, the UK. UK, but it's got licorice in it. So. It's got licorice, all that, sports, limited and jelly bellies right there. You right. put licorice. <laughs> We're getting sidetracked. The point of this is that Cliff sold for multiple billion dollars. Billions. We need the 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 power to do good in the world for 4G has only grown. There you go. It's that it's that time tested tale, Mark. Of you got like a golden a story, a lion-hearted insider, riding on the back of an organization with a purpose <laughs> of a Pegasus, driving into the heart of the an sun. old guard, big food giant. Oh, yep, ready to plant their seed of change and let it shower over. Yes, all these disparate brands, including Marty's Bassets. Your ingredient list is getting an upgrade, Marty's Bassett's. So well said. 20 years from now. So well said. Hey, think back to Annie's and General Mills. That company looks totally different now. There you go. There's a precedent. Hey, and and even on another note, if we're thinking of old guard natural products brands that paved the way, Honest Tea, if you'll recall, was one of the first with Annie's sold to Coca-Cola. A lot of uproar, a lot of hooting and hollering, but what did we get out of it? What do we have now? We have Coke Zero. It tastes amazing. What we have is, if I read, and I, I, my apologies to Seth Goldman and all of the wonderful people. Well, I don't think he, I don't know. He's listening. The headline, right. I'm sure he is. The headline that I saw was Coke might be retiring that brand in line. Honestly? Yes. And guess who wants to bring it back? Seabags? Seth. Seth. He wants to come Romatelli. home to the brand he founded by oh. it. Oh. The prodigal it glory son returns? Again. I don't know what's going to come so of that. It's, it's out from under the thumb of Coke. If they kill it, it's if they fair kill game. it and he buys it, oh, or whatever. Buy the I don't know the back. terms. I, I want to know more. <laughs> I'm a curious insider. Ten years of CRISPR, Josh. How it's being used today. CRISPR debuted in an academic paper ten years ago, and Greg Bagney wants us to read this and talk about it. But you didn't read it. It's very short. Oh, this. This week marks one decade. Um, we already said that. Uh-huh. Ten you years. know what CRISPR is. Gene editing software. It allows scientists to reliably, reliably edit the DNA of plants, animals, and humans. It allows more than scientists. It allows anyone. Oh, uh, that is a danger. With a rudimentary understanding That's of how to right. use it. They can buy an $80 gene editing kit. Yep, they can make. Give a go. Nuclear with their freaking mosquitoes. With the neighborhood cat. <sighs> 
snipping out and repairing genetic sequences. Its, its creators won awards, the Nobel Prize, excuse me, in chemistry for an epic-making experiment. Real-world applications are developing remarkably fast. Josh, here they are. You react. All right. A Thank you, everyone. A treatment for the blood disorder sickle cell disease and beta thalassemia could be approved this year. Patients are already receiving the experimental one-time treatment, and it's working. That's good news. It's hard to be against that. It is hard to be against that, Mark. But do you have a yang for that yin? Well, two. Produce... Produce. Produce. Modified to contain more vitamins or the ability to survive drought or diseases like a tomato that accumulates vitamin D when under sunlight. These could land on grocery shelves within a few years. Mark, you know I'm into that because oh. it's, it's not my preferred vision for the world, but it's all we're going to be left with. Well, the, This like squeaky clean organic uh, thing. Uh, it was it's kind of a sham to begin with. Ooh. I'm just imagining 4G listening to this. It's not totally reliable. Pivoting on his axis. <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> not, not that the intentions weren't bad, but I don't. No, I don't I know think if he there's, would... there's too much bureaucrac- bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. You mean you got, you got big, big organic? So Killed the spirit like of small organic. farms that are growing food that is pretty much organic, not but not having the certification. Oh, okay, sure. There's certified farms spraying organic crops with pesticides that are organic, but might be harmful to health. I mean, there's like... Look at you, a nuanced take. It's a multifaceted thing, right? A semi-nuanced take. <laughs> a man who knows a little bit <laughs> can be a dangerous to, thing. <laughs> to be dangerous. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm Am not, I wrong? The last thing I would do is speak for 4G, but as well, we all know... I wasn't know, speaking for 4G. I was I speaking know for you myself. I'm, I'm asking I you. Am I wrong? What do you want me to do? You're saying I'm wrong. What no, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. You're saying I'm right. <laughs> not saying that either. <laughs> anyway... My interpret my interpretation. If I were, well, I'm not going to speak for him. He's not here. Well, speak for yourself. Oh, fine. Want, th- that's what he wanted you to do. He I wanted think, you to read the article. I think. Share your fucking opinion. I'm going to say this: a sober mind with a fair degree of skepticism. That that is your mind. That this is me being sober. being so bold as to speak a little bit for four. I don't know what I'm. Why saying. are you speaking? I'm not speaking for him. Just speak for yourself. Okay. Let's what do you a, think? A sober mind. I can imagine that a sober mind, <laughs> a sober mind, with some skepticism, could quickly get to a point where technology runs amok, and you are eating tainted meat and produce that kills the entire civilization and species of humankind. A species it's that a is re- already running amok. It's a possibility. Let's just put it that way. I see. But I'm with you, Josh. I'm not saying it's foolproof and it isn't maybe going to blow up in our faces. A lot, of the, a lot of my thought leader influence over here about, hmm? about this whole food tech thing, I still can't get past the fact hmm. that as a civilization, we will not go backwards. We have to go forwards. In, in, but are we're... We will not throwing ourselves backward against the wall. Well, meaning in order to save the world, we're going to have to innovate with technology. We're not going to give up and stop doing things. Well, technology is an inevitable partner. So that's I am echoing some of what you just said. Are you? Do you think it might be too late? The idyllic Garden of Eden. Now everything just stopped, COVID style. Everything shuts down, but even more. And then, well, all, I mean, the, and then we like all we do is just go all in on regenerative 
regenerative agriculture and hey, all the things that could that could, might work, but that's could we never going to ourselves. Even in that scenario, could we un we could unfuck ourselves? Un- unfuck ourselves. Remember when you you're dodging my question. No, but you've no, but my point is that if that just wouldn't happen. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I'm also remembering an alternative title for Natch at the very beginning. We had Natch like Kale kill, oh. but we had one one that's a slogan. I think 4G was a big fan of some sort of. I think it was let's unfuck food. Yes, that was a slogan. Though. That I was. Don't a, think, I don't think that you're was, right. You're right. He liked that one. I think it was like Natch. Let's unfuck food. He liked it. I would prefer now. Don't get me wrong, Greg, because I know you're listening. I would prefer to unfuck food the old-fashioned way. Right. I would much rather have that. Yeah, but you're, but, but what you say? I think we're running out of time. Oh, yeah. And I think we can't fight the inevitable tide it's, of technology. It's crisper or nothing. I don't think if if it, it's used if memory serves, if it's reined in, maybe we have a shot. Maybe we got a shot. I don't think Greg's touched meat in 30 years. Good idea. Yeah, I know. I, every time I eat meat, which isn't all that often, I'm kind of ugh. Why did I, I do feel that? Guilty. Being alive and not having that kind of someone Point. accidentally okay. ordered me a regular. I asked for a veggie burger from takeout, and I got an actual burger the other night. It was good. No, not really. <laughs> it was all right, but I but I I don't like eating meat. But what I like way less is wasting food. Yep. And it was right before we were going to see Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, oh was well. it good? I like. We liked it. I mean, it wasn't. Harper it was, saw it last night. I didn't. It was weird. It was. It was odd. <clears throat> but it had some really good things going for it. It just tonally, it was a little uneven. But four G, if you hear this, let me know what you thought of Thor and Ragnarok, God of Thunder. It's love and thunder. Love and thunder. Let me ask you this, G four G, are you a GNR fan? Because there's a lot of Guns and Roses in that movie. Oh, <laughs> really? If you like montages set to Guns and Roses. You know what? You're going to have a good time. If memory serves. If you had your fill of those in the 90s with you all the music videos. The, you remember the 4G layer out there outside of Boulder. Oh, yeah. Where he had the, the small drum kit. Some uh, uh, There was a guitar. The upright bass. Upright He's got bass. the upright bass. <laughs> an upright bass. What we want is another one of those magical sound clips of yore. A Greg's egg. A Greg's egg. Give us your best GNR. Whatever you got. Or. Even if it's just one bar. If, if we could get a Greg's egg that somehow tied the, the lessons learned from Thor Love and Thunder and applied them to the natural product space. Yeah. Or even to some, you know, to sales and marketing or anything. Whatever, Greg, whatever strikes your fancy. I, I will dare not go as far. <laughs> I didn't as either. To put any thoughts in your either. mouth. But a sober and scrupulous invitation <laughs> Scru- has been made. Scrupulous. Isn't that what you said? Skeptical. A sober <laughs> but skeptical has been- response is awaited. <laughs> All right. Point three. Researchers are even using CRISPR to learn more about our Neanderthal. I pronounced that the correct way. Yeah, you did, buddy. And ape, great to the zillionth exponent grandparents. Hmm. Would you like to know these things? I would like to know more. Would you like to bring back the woolly mammoth? Uh, just a little, just a little toy mask, a little mascotty one for a zoo somewhere. Again, I, I don't know. Like, am I supposed to be like we shouldn't play God when we're already like just ruining well, everything? Like, shouldn't the end of this article, Josh? Let me give you the header. But the future isn't full speed ahead. 
In what way? For CRISPR. A major issue dogging it is affordability. The treatment for that sickle cell disease is $2 million. Per person? Uh-huh. What? Yep. Another speed bump. Ethics questions around editing the genes of human embryos. Oh, God. This is dead in the water. It is. Given the where we are politically in this country. Which... A doctor in Shenzhen, China, was sentenced to prison in 2019, one year after he modified and re-implanted three embryos into patients. He was intending to make them HIV-resistant. People worried what else was going to... What else would happen? And would we begin to tweak babies' heights, eye color, even intelligence? Playing God, if you will. Gattaca. Have you seen Gattaca? Of course. The Ethan Hawke vehicle? A sci-fi... Classic. Almost classic... Oh, boy. Because you know what this raises, Josh? What? Ethical questions? If, I mean, but it's just it's just dodgy. If we get all biblical here and hands off any... Which clearly we are. Yeah, I know. Hands off any embryo, no shut down all science on something like CRISPR. Hey, that might be a good thing for not going too far. But China's going to do the shit. I thought you just said it's not a global scene. No, but you know they're still going to do it. You know they're doing it. Oh, that was like a token arrest. I'm sure. Well, I don't know. It's it's not like somebody's not going to do it. It's going to happen. Okay, give me an interlude. I got all riled up. You did, Mark. I'm proud of you. Good luck, Glyph. Yeah, I think Glyph Glyph Bar has a bright future. (laughs) It's Um, had a bright future in for quite some time. Oh, you almost you almost made it to the music. Here we go now. Thank you. 
Welcome back to 9000 episode 175, Sea Turtle Melancholia. Yes. We just heard a sweet word or two from Reet Hendrickson. Give me that song title, Josh. Karjas? But I selected this because, as you mentioned, we are coming to you live from the village of Pupap. Puhap. Poipu. Poipu. Sounded very close. Poipu. Poipu. Poopa hep. Are you making fun of the. Uh... No, I love the Hawaiian language. I learned a little bit of it. Uh, I learned that uh, kind one, like kind, I think it's can. It means like. Uh, what does it mean? I forget. A whatchamacallit. <laughs> Good job. If you don't know what to call something, you'd call it a kind one. That's a whatchamacallit? Yeah. So put that in <laughs> your pipe. The one bit it. of Hawaiian, you, of native Hawaiian language you learned is whatchamacallit. <laughs> Well, I read a little bit of a book, and a lot of it was just like sort of... I read a little bit of a book. Sorry, go ahead. Sometimes I'll read a little bit of a book. I read quite a bit of Moby Dick on the airplane down there. Ooh. Is it good? Fuck yeah. It's actually really good. Have you never read that? Oh, God. there's just Isn't it just 500 pages of sea discourse before there's any real stuff? No, I mean, stuff? the first part is introducing you to Ishmael, and then it's like he decides Ahab. he needs to get on a whaling boat. He What's goes, Ahab? The boat? What? What's Ahab? Ahab's the captain. The boat Call is the Pequod. Pequod. And Ismael is the... The narrator. Who's on the boat. He's making his way to the boat. But it's cool, man. Like, he, he goes to... It's not Nantucket. There once! Uh, he goes beyond Nantucket, because Nantucket's kind of like a little played out. It's like the new the new Nantucket. I can't remember what it's called. But he's kind of like mulling about town. He's staying in this boarding home, and he ends up in a bed with someone from like another part of the world, like an island nation, I think. Not necessarily Hawaiian, but he's covered in tattoos, and uh, his name's Queequag. Oh, yeah, Queequag. And they form like a really deep, beautiful bond. And what's nice about the book, it is very long, but so far, most of the chapters are quite short. Oh, perfect. And poetic and focused. Like, Josh, let me contribute this. About a specific thing. To a quick tangent that we're going to explore in just a moment. All right. I have become captivated by giant books. I read, I think the last two books I've read are over a thousand pages. Well, I mean, I know you've been pretending to have read Infinite Jest for a while. Did you finally finish that one? <laughs> no, I gave it to you. Which I have <laughs> not gonna, even opened it. I'm I, it was, I, I was very touched by that gift. <laughs> and, and I clearly described it like, let the journey begin. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to read it. You're like, it's time. <laughs> Let's read this book together and talk about it. Listen, listen, I read a, oh God, uh, hold on, I, I, I don't want to get the author's name wrong. Did you read Wind Up Bird Chronicles? Oh, you're so close. Lucy Ellman. There we go. A book called Ducks, Newburyport, what? which is 1,000 pages of a one sentence inner monologue of a housewife in the Midwest dealing with contemporary America. Oh, so it's it's a little bit like the last chapter in no Ulysses. No sentences, no breaks. Yeah. That's the last chapter in Ulysses. It's all... That is a mind workout. Leopold Bloom's wife. What's her name? 
the whole thing is like she's laying there in bed, can't fall asleep, and it's like well, that's, train that's, of thought. That's great. Yeah, and it's like three hundred pages. I can't remember. There's some turn of because the, the I mentioned that to the burgeoning writer in the house, I, and who asked a very she was like, well, how'd they do that? How do you write a sentence? Like there is some sort of I'll have to remember the clause, which sort of connects thoughts. She wants the nuts and bolts. Josh, what am I reading right now? You just said Wind Up Bird Chronicle, which is a powerful book, but not a thousand pages. What is a book by Haruki Murakami that is over a thousand pages? He's got another one that's over a thousand pages? That one is not over a thousand pages. All right, I'm sorry. He's got another one. 1Q84. Oh, right. It looks like 1984 to the untrained eye kind of thing. Oh, well, I mean, it, it's <clears throat> a playoff of 1984. A much shorter book. <laughs> this is over a thousand pages. I am about 400 in. I like his writing style. and he gives, So he hat gives tip me to you with Moby Dick, another fan of the big book. Yeah. And not afraid to whip it out. <laughs> Plastic recycling doesn't work and will never work. To yeah. modernity. We have five left. We better go quick. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a true story, right? It's a, We're living a lie. We're fooling ourselves. Yep. Almost all of it ends up in a landfill or in the ocean. Stop fucking using I it. I think that's why this re- this is an opinion piece in the Atlantic by some anti-plastic people. Hey, why would you be pro-plastic? I don't know. But I think what resonated with me is because it is kind of that simple. For some reason, you th- I can just think in my head, if I put this glass bottle in my recycling bin, that's going to work and make an impact. If I put a metal can... I put paper. Whenever I put plastic in there, I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong. Yeah. I don't know which... You have to know too much. So it's too complicated. So of course it's probably breaking down. Point of this is a single-use plastic is such a terrible thing. If the plastics industry was being honest, that would help. But they're not. So they kind of feel like tobacco. But it ends... Well, isn't big plastic kind of an adjunct of big oil? Of course. So I mean... Petroleum-based... It ends with, but let's let's focus on the end here. Consumers can put pressure on companies to stop filling store shelves with single-use plastics by not buying them and instead choosing reusables and products in better packaging. And we should all keep recycling our paper, boxes, cans, and glass because that actually works. Hear, hear. Har, har. Yeah. These... Are not your father's GMOs. These are bees. These. <laughs> to the new GMO, Josh. This one came for you. From you? From, from you. From A new wave of gene-edited crops are dodging regulators, and they're about to reach stores. This is another CRISPR, bitch. This is what we were talking about, though. That I think if you dig into some of these applications, you'll find that it's not, it's not like so much like big, bad GMO, like crossbred with Roundup, it's like... GMO for good. It's like a speeded up version of how we cultivate plants anyway, right? Yeah, look, look, look at this. This is about a... This is a bean farmer. I think he's trying... We, we have something a new... For the bean... It's a, okay, where's the beans? Tell me about the beans. Employ the technology to introduce changes in two genes involved in fatty acid synthesis so that oil pressed from the beans is more like olive oil than typical soy oil. What kind of bean is it? Now, I think it's more, more like olive oil in its, not just its flavor profile, but its It's a soybean. profile, right? It's a soybean. They're, so, of course, they're going to, that's 
That's a great thing to genetically modify. <laughs> They're GMOing the soybean to improve the health profile you of the oil say, that comes out of it. You could say they're GMOing the soy out of the bean. If you, you could <laughs> if you were one of us Woo! trying to unfuck food. Pardon my language. Sexy. It's a startup called Calixt outside Minneapolis, McHenry's Farm. Oh, that's a nice pastoral name. Mm. Sus. Well, I think we know the gist of this article, right? This is happening. <laughs> Make sure that... Uh, the genie is out of the bottle, well, says the University of Minnesota least, geneticist Dan Voitas. But, I mean, isn't this... Is this this maybe the kind of... At least the kind of activity you want to be happening? It is better than... In this realm? The pesticide angle, I think. Yeah, like the suitability to... The, a nutrient... Harsher oh. climate. Ah. The enhanced nutritional profile... Yeah, that seems... But uh, it, but increased efficacy. The precedent is golden rice, as we all know, trying to infuse vitamins into, into rice, and it's a, it's a, it's a hot-button issue. Yeah. They tried to then own the seed, but then give the free seed to free to African farmers. The African farmers are like, why are you trying to control? They were burning seeds. It's just a thing. But look at this. Link within the link. Oh, here. Can CRISPR save Ben Dupree? Meld we're talking food tech. Yeah, we are. We're all over. This podcast is on the tip of the spear of the cutting edge. Wet with blood. Which is the bleeding edge. The bleeding edge. Yes, we are bloody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Josh, I'm going to move on. I'm going to take you to them sups. What? I'm to them sups. Did I put that in there? The FDA is, says it's in the dark about thousands of dietary supplement ingredients. Oh, sups. We're always talking about sups. Shock horror. I think I've known that for quite some time. That that's. Oh, I have to log in. I can't. Well, it's probably. I mean, I, I sometimes when I when I, you go when you recap all the articles I've sent you in any given time period, I'm like, hmm. We've covered this. Why? <laughs> Why do you keep sending me these? But the, maybe it's just to toot our own horn. Well, we've been talking about this for, of course, on uh, like half a decade. I can Mark. I can read you the lead. The company's uh, maybe a decade. Has it been a decade? I don't know. Are we that old? Well, we've only done a hundred and can't be a decade. Hundred seventy. Well, that'd be, our, that'd be our like, pace of <laughs> has slowed down. <laughs> it well, it's it's ebbed and flowed over the years. That's true. We we hit a high water mark maybe like five, four or five years ago. Where sometimes we were doing like two or three episodes a week. Yeah. Wow. And like multiple shows, multiple. And I know everybody wanted us to keep that pace up, but life intervened. Life intervened. Josh had an especially difficult itch. Yeah, it took me out of the game for a while. I couldn't sit. The companies that make dietary supplements like vitamins and herbs have quietly, (laughs) quietly introduced thousands and thousands of new ingredients without telling the government, despite federal law requiring the disclosure. So totally new ingredients. Things that have never been consumed about under the watchful eye. Thir- about 3,400 ingredients. That's a lot of ingredients. Well, it's also not that simple, but I'm kind of surprised there's some to hear truth that there to are it. that many ingredients. Period. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be another issue we should explore. That, that that is like a fragment of the ingredient pool? That is a big pool. That's a lot of pool. Are we. Are we, we're dicing these ingredients into sub-ingredients a bit, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. Like there's probably 300 types of soybean. 
Oh, or uh, yeah, there or might be there buck, might be buckberry. Tw- Twelve different cuts on an acai extract somehow. <sighs> oh yeah, I think what you'd find if if one were to dig into that, which I'm not suggesting we do right now, <laughs> because you can't. You would find that there is a quite contentious debate between essentially the historical use of dietary ingredients, meaning hey, acai. This is a thing. People have been doing this for centuries. Yes. Why do I have to tell you about it to introduce it into a powder in the U.S. market? Or if I didn't tell you, okay, I'll tell you, but is anybody at risk of drinking some acai juice versus highly technical, innovative, cut, you know, lab-based, fermented... Acai 9000. Oh. A fragmented acai. Oh, we should... that. That's yeah, cross bread with inulin powder. I'd, I'd eat that. That sounds kind of good. <laughs> sounds kind of good. Run, put that in my morning matcha. Oh, I, I thought you were saying my, put it in something else. <laughs> <laughs> in my it near my itch. It could be great for an itch. Talking about cross pollinating, cross concocting, cross breeding, cross crossing. Cross-contamination. I want to take you to Jake. I saw this article. Cross legs. <laughs> the same time you did. Formal, former, excuse me, from NFL QB to mushroom farmer, Jake Plummer's life-altering journey into the queendom of fungi. Very cool. <laughs> Do you see all the photos of him? and the? Yeah, he's got like, he paints he, his nails. He looks like he is out there, man. He always kind of was. I think he, he always kind of was. But I he think was, when he retired from the game, he like went and lived out in the mountains somewhere. Yeah, he and just kept to himself and he's a he became a Colorado he's an icon. Not icon. I consider him an icon. Well. <laughs> All right. Of like a certain like there there was some he's real a, he's a, dignity a free to the spirit. way he like I played would be, the game and then left the game. Yeah. Didn't like disrespect the game, but he was just out of the game, but he was like even when he played the game, he was his own weird thing. He was he had the mullety hair, right? And he was like Kind of like, I am Jake Plummer, and if you ain't with it, mm-hmm. then... Don't put me in a box. Don't put sorry. Jake Plummer in a box. And he actually was a pretty good quarterback. I think yeah, we had a season good. where we were like 13-3. and three, That was pretty good. But then lost in the divisional round, maybe, mm. to the Steelers. Oh. Uh, and then, then the next year, I think he got benched, and they put Tebow in. Which oh. Ticket, I mean... Talk about he got that. Tebowed. That hurts. But the transition from plumber to Tebow feels like a transition that we're making culturally. Oh, right now, which is interesting. That, that is, is interesting. Subtopic and a I, harbinger. I don't think we, I, I just am horrified as I'm. Sure you would you rather are. plumber than Tebow. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the Me absolute too. horror. I will go out on that limb of what the Supreme Court has done is oh. undeniable. Yeah. Just got to get that out there. But I thought it feels like it's falling apart, man. Am I the only one? <laughs> <laughs> Something's weird, right? It's not just me, is it? Nothing's working. We're going backwards. We're going backwards. The a very the small power hungry cabal is a, a is winning of insane thinking. Yeah. Is winning. Yeah. <sighs> Where is I, I had to shut the door. Joan Didion. When had you to shut her. out the noise because I to tell us oh, yeah, about magical thinking. Man, 
in a different way. But that was a powerful book, Mark. That was a powerful book. I recommend that as well. But it, unfortunately, it is not I'm, a thousand pages. So it doesn't qualify for you. So do you have like a special bookshelf with all your big books? <laughs> it is an issue. And when it's the most prominent bookshelf, right? All your little trade paperbacks that are a mere 300 pages. No, no. Those are hidden away in an no. office like, oh, this is what I'm reading. If, if I had to find an could, industrial strength shelf to hold could, all this knowledge. If we could pause for just one moment on a thought. The, the, one of the global consumption problems of a thousand page book is that you feel like you have to buy it. You're not going to library that book. Because you might not be able to finish it in time, no, right? Oh, no, yeah. So you true. buy the book, and then you, and I buy this, the paperback, and I have the giant thick paperback that I don't know where to put when I'm done with it. That you can't travel with comfortably. And you can't, like, cram it. It takes up a lot of bookshelf space. But hey, you've got a point to prove. I am oh, Mark. I, I, I read 1,000-page books. The value of those 1,000 pages greatly exceeds the guilt I feel over buying it and not and the unease of where to put it. That's your own little bit of Jake Plummer marbling right there. He's like, you're the thousand-page book guy. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I got a few under my belt. Hey, that's more than a lot of us. You bet. I don't even... I Oh, I can loan you a book that I'm pretty sure is over a thousand pages. Maybe you want to get your own copy because mine is besotted with little flag notes. Uh-oh. Uh, but Europe Central by William T. Volman. Oh, of course. Woo, what a book. But is that fiction or is that like history? It's a combination. It is wow. fictionalized history, I would say. I would say it's fiction with a up to its like knee joint in history. I mean, it is. it feels rigorous, but yeah. a lot of it is flight of fancy. It's him getting inside the heads of historical figures and estimating. Did you read the whole thing? Mark, I read the whole thing. I highlighted the whole thing. Wow. I took notes on the whole thing. I wrote, which I, I would call it the definitive review of that book. It, but I, I took me for who it, for stop smiling. But it uh. took me so long to get through that book <laughs> that by the time I finished it, a review of it would have been pointless. Right, like it had been like months and months. <laughs> right, but then, uh, much to my delight, it won the National Book Award, and suddenly I had this review that I'd pretty much just written that was very, very relevant. Huh. And I, dare I say, the last word on that book. I, it would be nice if you heard from Mr. Volman one day. Or I should send him a copy of my review because it was a web-only thing and the web no longer exists. But this guy knows. He, he was smart. I was, like you at AOL, I was ahead of the game. I printed that page out. Oh. Full color. I've got it in a plastic sleeve in my clipbook. <laughs> Remember your clipbook. Oh, the fabled <laughs> clipbook. The clipbook came out just the other day. Oh, I had I had a captive audience for the clipbook. We were it was we were reminiscing about Dave Carney. Good old it, Dave Carney. Yeah. Has anything happened to Dave? No. Okay. But I, there were clips. There was a clip. Yeah, that, of course. There was the last bite that Edward I commissioned him to write oh, for Dining Out. You got that illustration. Oh yeah. There was the interview I did with him for Stop Smiling. Yeah. And then there were some of my own clips from Big Brother Magazine. Scissors hands. Scissor hands. 40 hands. 40 hands. Oh. Which reading that, I don't know. I, you know, you hang on to those clips and you think like. What was the one where you shaved your balls? That was for flaunt. <laughs> that one still, that stands up. I feel like the Edward 40 end thing stands up. But when I read it now, there's so much of it where I'm like, oh my God, I was trying so hard to be shocking. Ah. And you blush. You, you blush. That's in those okay, moments. but it's okay to blush. And you, you remember, forget, remember, I was just a dumb people change kid. and perfections are mirage full of malt liquor and vinegar. I was, yeah, don't, don't shy away from those. No, no, no. It was, it's, awkward sometimes beginnings. it's nice to, of course, to submerge yourself 
be the more like of youth. Be Mark. more well. Quick aside, please. I spent a one one fondly remembered year in Sacramento, California. Oh, you were a butcher. No. My year in Sacramento, California, I did nothing. Were you, were you just <laughs> loafing in old sack? I think that might have been at the beginnings of Wandering Army, so I was doing that. Which was, I was in near hey, old sack. That was sack. something. Oh, of course. It was, I was a version of nothing, but it was closer to something. I don't remember if I had any income. But I do remember, because the next year... This is like hobo brush. Well, this was... No income. This was right after... A vagabond poet. (laughs) This is right after... With a burgeoning website. (laughs) I think it might have been. Yeah, that that might have been where Wandering Army was hatched. Back in the days... Early (laughs) days. My most Jake. The the two-year stint in Northern California, year one in Sacramento, Sacto... Mm. While Red Twist was going to UC Davis for her graduate degree, but year two we moved to Davis. Sacto, which is Sacramento. I know, but Sacto. Yep, that's called that's Sac-to. even more evocative than Old Sac, which I know is a part <laughs> of town. So we moved to Davis, which is where Joe Wenderoth became a bigger part of the story. Where I worked at the co-op, got onto the puke boat, and <laughs> was a butcher. And a yes, in Sacto. Sacto. Guess who lives in Sacto? Will Volman. William T. William T. Volman, a famous Saxonian. <laughs> As I recall, he lived in sort of, I remember where he lived, and I remember thinking of him. Oh, sure. At the time, being like, there's this sort of hermetic guy in, that, in a house just like that, sweating his balls off in the Sacramento summer, typing thousands of words. Just waiting to get published <laughs> in Wandering Army. <laughs> Uh, it never went that far, but I, all right. Hey, uh, yeah, oh, we got one more. Guy's, oh, but I, all, real quick on Jake Plummer. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, I'm the article itself. A lot of knowledge that we've already consumed and covered. Well, but, Jake went from the NFL to the CBD game, and now he's in the mushroom game at a yeah. California company called Michael Love. But he's in. It's based in Fort Lupton, I think. Yep. He's growing all these great. I love. I have connections to Fort Lupton. <laughs> I lived with people from Fort Lupton. <laughs> Broke bread with people from Fort Lupton. So I was excited to see that's happening in Fort Lupton. But he's grown all these wonderful mushrooms. He's creating all these powerful elixirs with meaning and might. I don't remember. uh, Did he, is he such a fan because of some sort of medicinal benefit to his state of mind? I think he believes in the the power. Yes, I think a lot of it is uh, the wear and tear of high stakes athleticism, right? Like you need, you need these mushroom products to help with your inflammation. I mean, what don't we know about high stakes athleticism? (sighs) Old hands and an old game. I do wake up. Look at those games. This is is how old I'm getting. I wake up with like stiff hands. Well, I think it's because of noodling on the guitar. Oh, of course. But it's like, oh God, they're like stiff. Do you do do this thing where you wake up and like the first 30 steps you take out of bed, it's like your feet hurt a little bit? (laughs) No, but I am not straight anymore. You're kind of like stumbling. I wake up and my back. Ankle joint. When is it going to move up here? (laughs) I'm so, I am so stiff with my damaged back that I'm like crooked. And I'm like, oh no, is this what, is this my future? Like future shape. Stooped, stooped, semi old man. But then I loosen up and straighten up. Into a young thing. Do you ever catch the back of your hand in a certain kind of light and you're like, look at all those sunspots? Oh, yeah, I got it. This is like the hand of a, this is a grandfather's hand and I'm not even a grandfather yet. (laughs) 
They all come out, and they—it's the summer, right? You get a little bit of sun, and these things like, oh, my freckle. Those aren't freckles. Those are <laughs> warnings. Those are precancer spots. You're gonna have to burn off pretty soon. <laughs> Ow! Josh. Yes. You well as. Jake is doing everything at this place. He's sweeping the floor. He's harvesting mushrooms. He's proselytizing, of course. He's an exemplary. He's an exemplar. I'm going to look founder, for him. Co-founder. And you know I'll find him. If he is at Expo West, I am at Expo West. If he isn't, <laughs> at, if he isn't at Fish Dicks, I'll be shocked. Oh, you could have a double sighting. You might <laughs> see him at Fish Dicks, noodle arm with him a bit, and then you might noodle arm with him again. At Expo are West. You, are you saying noodle arm with him? Noodle arm with him. <laughs> okay. That's a type of dance that I've seen. <laughs> that's what it oh, I didn't know what it meant, but you're right, of I course. If I'm not mistaken, that might be your signature move out there. <laughs> I feel like with your back, you're not doing a whole lot of leg moving. And also, like, moving the legs, that's a bigger commitment than you want to make. Yeah, that's true. It's like that's that's a bit too showy for you. You don't yeah. want to draw that much attention to yourself, <laughs> right. but you also don't want to be the arms folded guy because it's not a Fugazi <laughs> show. You got to do the noodle arms. I think I'm going to want they're do. Everybody was up in arms last year because it was the end of the contract with Dick's Sporting Goods Arena, and people had grown quite accustomed. Oh, it's such a, it's a, to it, the taste of fish dick. It is a Denver tradition. <laughs> not everybody participates in it, but it's a big deal. The end of summer tour. Almost as hollowed as like the Grateful Dead at Red Rocks is what you're saying. It, is fish dicks. Well, Grateful Dead now plays a lot of Folsom Field up. I know. You. I'm talking about back when. <laughs> back when. The Red Rocks was emblematic of what's the, holiday? the trip in the parking lot experience, Mark. At the end of the summer? Memorial Solstice? Day or Labor Day? Memorial Day or Labor Day? Labor Day? Labor Day. Labor Day. It's always around Labor Day. They would do a three-night run. Back in the early days of the fish dicks, they Which would. isn't even that long ago. Well, maybe 10 years, though. But they would do inventive things at the shows. They would, like, they I, did. They, they have a song called, uh, called uh, Fuck Your Face. Oh, I thought it would be, like, uh, what, what did I say? Kind one? No, nope, Fuck a Your kind Face. Kind one, like a whatchamacallit song. And they, they used their set list to spell out the whole song, which people clued into and figured out. And then we're like, ah! And then they played the song at the end. They would do that. They would do shows where every song started with S or whatever. Weirdly revolting. <laughs> well, they would have fun with the shows. What's fun about Fuck Your Face? <laughs> it's, it's very aggressive. The song is not not that. It's kind of funny. But Is there a gentle way to do that? <laughs> uh, I'll have to listen. I have, can't remember the lyrics. <laughs> anyway, so, so the contract ended. Are they going to come back? Are they going to go somewhere else? Like, they used to go to Red Rocks. There was an infamous experience where the fish fans trashed um, trashed the town. Which town would it have been? Morrison. Morrison. How about And they got they got banned. How about this? Fiddle the fish at Fiddler's Green, Mark. Are the they gonna go fiddle. to some different arena? Are they what side? Is Fiddler's hey, Green not big enough you know to what they did? all the fish heads? You know what they did? They re-upped and they added a night. Four night run. <laughs> Oh my God! But they let they let those tensions boil for a bit, didn't they? And then they released the sweet release of four nights of fish dicks. Oh my God! Are you anyway, going to be there for all four? I couldn't. I tried to get tickets, couldn't get them. I haven't tried in the aftermarket, but I I know I think I've got one. I'll go to at least one. You've got one lone ticket. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you one fish dick story. I'll I'll be waiting for that. Josh to the fishies. Speaking of fish dicks, is it one fish to feed them all? Dash um, Patagonia. 
Oh, it's on Patagonia's site. Oh, yeah. Tiny but mighty, blank, might be the most important fish in the ocean. It's not sardines, isn't mm. it? Herrings? Oh, he nailed it! <sighs> another, isn't that another tra- trash fish? I think so. And that, How dare we? We need to sta- get that ter- lexicon changed. Yeah. Trash fish. How about trash people? Because that's... That, yeah. Let's be a little more inward and reflective with this trashness, because... We're the trashy ones. We should be so fucking lucky as to have the herring to save us. Man. The other reason I sent you that, Mark, that article, is because I know that you are intimately involved with brands orbiting Patagonia's world. I mean, Patagonia is not a natural products per se, but they're, they are very they a much... food line. They're a pillar. Even before their food line, Absolutely. they were a pillar of thinking influencing that sect that you are part of, Mark in terms of creating a content flow that's branded but not brand centric it's it's useful it's useful content coming what to are you talking Patagonia. about right now <laughs> I'm talking about they do a good job they have oh, a blog yeah. with articles that are right. all about this fleece jacket it's about right like they have a they have a constant flow of articles that have n- very little to nothing to do with their product right but have everything to do. That's tough. You're right. With where their heart is, where they're coming from. That is hard <sighs> to do well, Mark. It's super hard to do well, and it's. I'm saying. I'm thinking about one brand in particular that I have some influence over, and so much of the advice you get in the digital game, conversion, conversion, conversion. Don't do anything that doesn't drive to a sale. This. This is the exact opposite, right? That's right. The exact opposite. What there is, is there's the sale, like the impulsy version of it. Like you're trying to I don't know. trigger someone into like buying something in the, on the fly, right? And that, that is, that is like actually kind of a sleazy transaction. Yep. It's more of a transaction yep. and it's not relationship driven. Right. What Patagonia is doing is they are arriving at the sale by building the relationship first. They're... The sale too isn't, and it's not like you buy it and the story's over. No, you buy it, you use it for a really long time, and then if the zipper breaks, they'll fix it for you. They'll fix it for free. Yep. Or you they'll can pay you to turn it back in. I yeah, think you can like get probably credit for giving their old stuff, and then they resell it. They clean it up. They resell it on yep. a whole other channel. I mean, they are. That is the proper conversion funnel thing. In this game, they are leaps and bounds ahead. But that should be in every game. That's yeah, well, how, it would be nice. That's how every brand should be thinking. We shouldn't be like would be buying nice. TVs that we expect to break <sighs> I within need, a year and we'll just get a bigger one. Like I got to get a new TV. I'm holding out as long as I can. I respect that, but that is a losing game. It's so hard to hold out. <laughs> well, I've got, we have, a two, we have two TVs in our house. One of them is in my study. And it is, it's bigger than that. I hope so. That TV is pathetic. <laughs> but, it, <needs> to be. <laughs> and it's, but it's maybe, I don't know, three years old. And so the smart functions, right, the apps are fully functional. Like huh. if I need Apple TV, I can get it and use it and it works. The TV in the basement, which is big, not huge. Hey, I've watched the Super Bowl on that you, TV. You remember that TV? Yeah. I mean, that thing's got to be like 10 plus years old. It was right when the smart happened. So the app game is band-aids and paper clips. Like Hulu. Did you hear that echo? <laughs> Hulu. Hulu. I think it's echoing in the drum kit. Oh, in the drum kit. 
the band left the room. Like, We're who, the only ones left. I, you I can should, get. Okay, thank you. Ex, Expo, Kelp Expo 2020. Clearly, we're, Kelp. We're closing Kelp down the, tomorrow. Expo <laughs> done. <laughs> we're closing down the show. Everyone left. We close the doors. They're peering in the windows. Hulu. I can download. It takes like forever to do things. Netflix works pretty good. I can't even get any other app. And that TV also is beginning to actually not work. So I got to buy a new TV. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be from Costco. I know the feeling. What am I going to do with the old one? What do you do with the old ones? At first blush, Mark, this is a first world sob story that would make people want to puke, right? He's complaining about his huge TV. But it's a real thing because what you said, you're trying to hold out. You don't want to make trash of this TV. Right. I have a big TV upstairs. Apps are working just fine, but there is a brown spot on that TV. I've tried loosening the screws around it on the back. Ooh, in like a corner? It's not like blown pixels. It's just this weird brown spot. It's not on the screen. It's somewhere inside. Uh, you, don't, you don't notice it, but you know when you see it a lot? Yep. It's all you see. When it cuts to a snowy, snowy <laughs> landscape when you're watching the new season of Alone. and Oh, I saw it. It's, oh, <laughs> you're watching it? Oh, I'm so sad that you're not watching it. We should do a... Because uh, Nikki is hooked on it now, too. And she, uh, I, I told her that no doubt tomorrow when we're back in Denver at dinner at the Brush oh, House, no. we can talk all about this season what, of what, Alone, but I lied. What episode are you on? We're only on five, so you could catch up. <laughs> I might catch up tonight. <laughs> catch up tonight. So much happens. There's so much beauty uh, on that show. I love that show. But it's marred by this brown smudge <laughs> on my TV. But I'm also like, this TV is big. It's glorious. It's got a great picture. All yeah. the apps work. I d- you're you get, you're holding on longer than I am. It's destined for this basement wall, Mark. Yep. I will be forced to upgrade, but I will not make trash of it. So what do I do, though? I'm going to have to make trash of mine. Where do I put it? You're supposed to recycle those somehow? In some fake way? <laughs> I'm sure you could actually take it to a place. Yep. Uh, there God are knows places what they where they dismantle them, they saw off the parts, uh, where they scrap them, like truly scrap them. Mm. You got to find yourself a flat screen TV scrapper. <laughs> Great. Look on next, query someone you on next door. You know what I'll do? I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to call Steve Duda, who's the author of this article and at Pat, works at Patagonia. Can I, do you know what his title is? Chief something. Officer. He is Patagonia's managing editor for fly fishing. Wow, that's a full-time gig? <laughs> that's a full-time gig. Not just contributing editor for fly, he's the managing editor. Yeah, that, that implies a staff. There's, a, there's like, yeah, there's a whole content stream of fly fishing articles that oh. he grooms and assigns. Let's see, are there, let me see if there's other managing editors for... For different uh, curious yeah, verticals. Here we go, what's Forrest Woodward? Let's see what his title is. I hope it has something to do with the woods, with the forest. Scrolling to the bottom. There he is. He's a long... No, damn. He's from Gunnison Valley, though. Hey, what up, Forrest? He's just a longtime contributor. Yeah, there's a part of me that wants to be in that contributor chain. I want to just like... You should You do your micro... Remember? Well, that was too... Too ribald. That was too elaborate. You'd have to do just the straight mushroom mycorrhizal kingdom story you could think con- they'd like the story you of like connected into birth redeath yeah but what were the connection points for trying that? to pull my dingling off throw it into the fire <laughs> well maybe i think the patagonia audience broaders would they're ready for a little bit of edge mark what, yeah. have, what have we always had just a little bit of edge there they're broaders a little too much it's a broader story i think patagonia is gutsier than you're did you see for. this is just episode one in did you see 
Another thing I've added to my Netflix list but haven't watched alongside alone, the Michael Pollan. They turned How to Change Your Mind into a series. Did they? And each episode is about one of the drugs. Oh, my goodness. And I think he's going to be doing some of it. Some of the drugs? I think so. Like you get to watch him trip? Let's live stream? <laughs> well, not live stream. You could try and freak him out with weird questions and stuff or prompts. It's called How to Change Your Mind. It is now on Netflix. Episode one, LSD. Two, psilocybin. Three, MDMA. Four, mescaline. Four episodes, 50 minutes each. Where's ayahuasca? Yeah, it's not in, maybe season two. Oh, you got to leave some, some, something for season two. All right, I think they're kicking us out of here. Uh, this has been a great episode. Probably best ever. Usually that is kind of how it happens. Constant growth, continual improvement. We are almost to one hour and 30 minutes. Oh, well, it's been a while. We wanted to give the... Innovation, insights, laughs. I can't remember. <laughs> inappropriate <laughs> discussions. Always, always talk of the crevice. Our goal is like never to offend. And if just it's remember only to enlighten. Just remember, Josh is these are these are sage words. Sage. If you want your own, <laughs> he wants his own spice profile. Yes. And yes, it might be Moroccan. But I'm I'm in control of my own spice profile. But it might be Moroccan. Yeah, I guess I'm still clinging to that. Uh, phantasm of choice the same sure. one i mean it might be moroccan but you want it to be your own spice profile that is right uh until next time sounds good be well do we have a damn it we used to have let's one. unfuck food together no what did we have we had the oh yeah dude-esque oh, seatbelts no we didn't have a seatbelt we had something at one point boy that's asking to that's a tough grab yeah this this uh this whole podcast this is a legacy podcast it exists yes of course for check our, the archives our many fans but also as eat a, more salad as a record of personal growth of mental expansion of the aging human body a, a lot of that <laughs> a lot of that uh okay eat more salad oh yeah that's what it was it was eat more salad it could be eat more salad it could also be Something plasticky, something like ditch the plastics or, <laughs> or uh, stop with the plastic. <laughs> we'll work on the second part. Hey, put down that plastic. No, d don't pick it up. Yeah. Don't, well, pick it up if it's trash, but know that it's just going to forever <laughs> remain in the trash. Room. That is really but long. If you're at the store, don't pick it up off the shelf. Let them know. Very long time. You want something else. You want an alternative. I want a little hemp plastic jar. Yeah. It's, it's not plastic. It's. Hastic? Hestic? Where's that product? Why isn't there hemp bags everywhere? Hemp bags everywhere and acai laced with inulin. I'm ready for it. I want it. Wash over me and Mark.